Thank you for tuning into this podcast. This live presentation of the Word of Yah was presented by Senior Pastor Omar Tebow of Philadelphia Christian Church in South Louisiana. Visit our website, philadelphiacc.org, to learn all about us. Our hope is that this message would leave you changed and made better, all because of it. Shalom. The Bible says in 12, 12, it says, Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. The Bible says, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God as any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person, as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For ye know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. Father, we thank you for the word. Bless us as we get into it tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, give y'all some glory in this house. Hallelujah. And so tonight, amen, we're going to look at this third and final point in this series, this third segment. We'll talk about, amen, about no place of repentance. Somebody say that with me. No place of repentance. Amen. And that's coming out of verse 17, if we can just look at it clearly. Amen. Verse 17, the Bible says clearly, For ye know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. So let's begin with the first word, first few words in verse 17. It says, For you know how that afterward. And I just want to focus on that word afterward for a second. When the Bible says afterward, amen, uh, that word is talking about, amen, the events that follow verse 16, amen. This follows Esau selling his birthright. It says he sold his birthright, and the Bible is saying after that, huh? What is it telling us? It's telling us, quite frankly, that after he sold his birthright, watch this, his desire began to change, okay? His desire began to change. He actually changed his mind about some things after he sold his birthright. Esau begins to want the birthright back, all right? He begins to desire the double portion again. He begins to desire the spiritual mantle again. And as I read my Bible, it reminds me of people, amen, who only want something after they find out other people want it. You understand what I'm saying? They got people like that, huh? And it's a terrible thing, especially if you want, you're a woman of God, you won't give a single man of God, and, 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 and when you like him, he don't like you. But let somebody else like you. Now he calling, huh? You tell him, Negro, please, you, you know? All right? That's not a good sign, okay? And, 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 and same thing with our children. They don't want their toys until somebody come... They got another child begin to play with their toys or ride their bike. Now they want it. Huh? We can't act like that. That's the ways of Esau. 
as I read my Bible, Esau begins in his heart, Ms. Denise, to renege on his deal that he made with Jacob. You remember the deal? Jacob said, you could have the plate of food, but listen, it ain't going to be free. All right? And hallelujah, we learned something about Esau right here, something new. We learned that Esau does not honor his deals. All right? He don't honor his deals. All right, and it's the same thing today, amen? And uh, Esau is not a race, a race of people, it's a group of people, all right? And I believe different than a lot of the other Hebrew Israelites. If you follow my, my, my whole series on Edom, amen, hallelujah, Esau is in our land right now, amen? Come on, hallelujah, y'all hear me up in here? All right, and, 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 and that is probably why Jacob made Esau put the whole transaction in writing to begin with. Remember we said that? Out of the book of Jasher, they made the deal, but Esau's like, nah, you got to put this in writing with witnesses. We're going to have a notary to seal it. Huh? Y'all remember that? And Jacob kept the book with him huh? at all times. It was because Esau would not honor his deals. But Esau, after the deal, after it being in writing, huh, He's walking around like the deal never happened. All right? And uh, hallelujah. And when it gets close to Isaac, for Isaac to pass away, all right, Isaac is about to give what's commonly called the dying blessing. All right? Say that with me. The dying blessing. All right? Far too often we don't bless our kids in the day that we live in, but we need to start blessing them. Huh? Hallelujah, we're confessing some stuff over our lives every day now. I am, I am. But you need to start blessing your kids and speaking some things over them. You hear me up in here? All right. Well, what the Hebrews used to do, they not only would bless their kids and speak things over them, right before they was going, about to pass away, they would give the dying blessing. And the dying blessing, amen, was of chief importance. Even in the law, we understand that a dying declaration is when a person means something the most. Because it's when the words are fewest. You down to your last words, your last breath. You ain't going to be talking about PlayStations, Xboxes, and Nintendo. You really going to be saying something that means something to you. It's your last words. Your words are few. So it's a dying declaration. And, and, and Isaac is about to give the dying blessing. And it was extremely important especially for the eldest. Now, what you're about to see about me and the text is a lot of people like to separate the birthright and the blessing. Pastor don't feel that way. They are two different things, but they are connected, all right? And I'm saying that when a person has the birthright, they're going to get one kind of a blessing when you have the eldest birthright. And if you're the youngest, you're going to get another kind of a blessing, all right? And I just want you to understand that as I'm teaching, I connect the birthright with the blessing because the birthright is going to determine what kind of blessing you get. Are you with me here so far? So Esau's walking around like he ain't sold that to Jacob, okay? Watch this. And Esau never told his daddy Isaac that he sold his birthright, all right? And Bible commentators actually say that Isaac 
is oblivious to the deal that was made between his son. He don't even know. He don't even know. So Isaac is getting ready to pass, and he called Esau in to give him the firstborn birthright blessing, a birthright that had already been sold. Are y'all hearing me up in here? All right. Do we have understanding? Okay. Though Isaac didn't know that Jacob had purchased the birthright, Mama knew. Rebecca knew. You understand what I'm saying? And, and, but nobody told Isaac, okay? Now, I got a revelation, all right? The revelation is simple. Tell your daddy what's going on in your life. Tell your daddy what's going on in your life. And as families, amen, men be out working and doing their thing and stuff like that. And, and a lot of times, mama know a little bit more what's going on. All right? Children, mama, tell your daddy what's going on in your life. All right? That's the head of household. He's anointed to fix problems. I got to say that again. He's anointed to fix problems. Anybody hear me up here? I know families where mama know everything and daddy don't know nothing. I know families where everybody huddle around mama, tell mama everything. Mama is the wisest. Mama is the greatest. And they treat the daddy like Al Bundy. All he do is mess stuff up. All right? That's a dysfunctional family. Mamas, don't let your children keep things from daddy. Anybody hear me up in here? They kept that from Isaac. And because of that, Isaac is about to make one of the biggest mistakes of his life. He's about to give a blessing to Esau that Esau already sold. All right? And the problem is, is that Isaac probably wouldn't have done it if he had all the information. All right? And the revelation is when you go to make a decision, you have to have all the information. Oh, y'all with me up in here? And so we not giving daddy all the information. Daddy making a bad decision. And we looking at daddy like daddy foo-foo. But y'all the fools because y'all ain't gave daddy all the information. How you make a good decision without all the information? The Bible says my people perish for a lack of knowledge. Stop allowing daddy to not have his knowledge. Anybody hear me up in here? All right. So there has to be an open dialogue, an open discussion in the family, amen, where the man of the house, the head of household, gets all the information that he needs to make a good decision. And that information to make a good decision is in everything, all right? Not just being a daddy, not just being a mama. Hey, God, it's about running a business. It's about even running a church. We tell our leaders, hey, God, the leaders that we have ordained, to walk amongst the flock that the Lord had made me overseer of, we've given them a God authority to go and help out the flock, to go and talk to the flock and minister to the flock. But at the end of the day, they are only our representatives. Anybody hear me up in here? Why? Because they're representing me as I represent Christ. Anybody hear me up in here? And at the end of the days, guess who's going to be accountable to Christ for how he takes care of his church? Pastor Omar will, all right? So if I'm going to be accountable, I need to know all the information. Anybody hear me up in here? I send you into the flock, find out what's going on with the flock. They hurting, they having problems, report back. Tell me what's going on. Why? 
if I have all the information, I can make good decisions on the behalf of the church of God. Anybody hear me up in here? It not only apply to me, but it apply to first lady on the women's side of ministry as well. But we have found that a lot of times people hold back information. People learn something about the flock that the Holy Ghost had made me overseer of and don't tell me a thing about it. All right? Don't ever let that spirit be on you. You understand what I'm saying? Because when you have that spirit on you, leaders can't make good decisions. They need all the information to make good decisions. Same way in all of our businesses that we run. We're all tired. I tell my employees, give me all the, 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 the information. Tebow Firm, give me all the information. Don't you go out there and let your leaders look like a fool when you have information that they need to know. Does that make sense to y'all? Amen. So Isaac looks like a fool right here, y'all, because ain't nobody told him that Esau had already sold his birthright. All right? Let's continue to move. Amen. Hallelujah. So this is when Rebecca and Jacob spring into action. All right? They spring into action. And I'm going to tell you, Aegon, it's a right decision, but a wrong way to carry it out. All right? You ever did something with a right motive, but what you did was wrong? <laughs> All right? This is Isaac. Uh, this, is, this is Rebecca and Jacob right here. Let's look at it. Genesis 27. Keep moving, Pastor. And it came to pass that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim, so that he could not see, he called Esau. Why did he call him? He was his eldest son. And said unto him, my son, and he said unto him, behold, here I am. And he said, Behold now, I am old, and I, am, and I know not the day of my death. And there's some other things you don't know either, Isaac. I know not the day of my death. Now, therefore, take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver, thy bow, and go out to the field and take me some venison and make me savory meat such as I love and bring it to me that I may eat, that my soul, watch this, may bless thee before I die. All right, he wants to bless Esau, his eldest, before he dies. He tells him, listen, go out in the field, kill me one of the deer so I can, you can fix me some venison, all right? And, and let's stop right here. I keep getting sidetracked, but I got to give you revelation, all right? This is one of the only reasons why Isaac prefers Esau because Esau could hunt, and the brother can burn. All right, you know how they say the way to a man's heart is what? His stomach. Well, that was true about Isaac. All right, not only could Jacob smother something, but let me tell you something. Esau was a bad boy with that wild game. Huh? They couldn't cook like Esau. And Isaac had loved Esau, watch this, not for spiritual things, not because he loved God, not because he read his word, not because he was honest, not because he was a good man, he was faithful and he was loyal. He preferred Esau over Jacob because Esau could cook. And this is a revelation for us. It's never good to play favoritism with your kids at all. All right? All right? And that's the truth. But naturally, we're going to gravitate towards one or the other. Why? Because we're human. And some of our kids have stuff in them that's like us. 
and like things kind of connect. You understand what I'm saying? And we will find that, that, that Isaac liked to eat. All right? And who else had liked to eat? Who else liked a meal? Who else liked the meal so much that he sold his birthright for a meal? And we wonder why Esau, hallelujah, liked food so much, he get it from his daddy. Anybody hear me up in him? All right? And so there was a connection between Isaac and Esau, and it rotated around food. All right? And so Isaac favored Esau because of food. Once again, it's not right to show favoritism to any of your children. You should walk around that house trying to be intentional, loving all of them, talking to all of them, being kind to all of them. And they got, if you got one you gravitate towards a little more, show a little extra love to the one you don't gravitate to. Anybody hear me up in here? And that's to cover all the bases. All right? All right? But if it happens that you do gravitate towards one child, you do favor a child. Don't let it be about no food. And don't let it be about nothing worldly. He's favoring Esau over Jacob. The one willing to go to the house of Shem. The one willing to learn about the ways of the Lord. The one willing and believe God, all God's promise and all God's blessing. Jacob is the one that wants God, and you're going to favor the one that don't? Parents, let me check you right quick. Who are you favoring in your house today? And why? I've been pastor now for a little while, 14 years, and I watch parents favor kids. They favor them, a hey, God, for some of the worst reasons. They favor them because of their looks, a certain grade of hair, a certain complexion. Huh? Huh? Some of the darker kids in the family get it the worst. In this southwestern Louisiana caste system that we live in. And so for a shade of skin, watch this, Somebody favored, but maybe the more ratchet at heart than any of the children. But they have good hair. What other reason we favor them? Because they could play sports. Like Esau, a man of the field, could run, jump, catch. Huh? But they're wicked. Don't want nothing from God. You got one over there, can't catch a ball if you put it in, if you dropped it in his hand. Huh? But he catching revelation from the Lord like Jerry Rice. Anybody hear me up in here? He can't miss a revelation. He Odell beckoning them in Genesis. And, and you're going to favor the one that can play a sport? You're going to favor the one that can cook? You see? That was Isaac. So we see in the scriptures a plan was concocted by Rebecca and Jacob to protect that which Jacob had purchased. Did y'all hear me up in there? It was to protect. And look, I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you this. I believe that they were right. Because the birthright and the birthright blessing 
did belong to Jacob. He bought it fair and square. I believe that Esau was the one who was actually stealing the blessing. You know how we talk about Jacob's stolen blessing? I ain't saying that no more. He had bought it. He had bought it. Esau was the one stealing the blessing. Walking in there and never told his daddy, you know, you're about to give me something that I already sold. You see? You see? Now, there was a better way to do it, y'all. Pastor, what was the best way that they probably could have done it? All right? We talked about children letting the daddy know. Rebecca? Rebecca, walk in there and talk to your sweetie pie, Rebecca. Rebecca, talk to your husband. Jacob couldn't tell him. Esau couldn't tell him that, that the bird ride was already sold. That woman of God should have walked right up in there with her perfume arm and said, look, hey, hey, baby, hey, hey. You about to give a blessing to Esau. I know he can cook and everything. You see? But the boy is ratchet. The boy is some trash. The boy is some trash. That's my son. And I ain't going to let nobody else talk about him. But he don't deserve the birthright and the right of the Messiah to come through him. Isaac, we can give him some other blessing. Huh? Let him run some other thing. But he can't have the double portion. Nor the spiritual mantle. Rebecca should have went in there and talked to her husband. Woman of God, what's the revelation? Tell your man what's going on. Talk to your man. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. You got to tell that man what's happening. Yeah, that man about to make a mistake, man. All right. And look, I got a word for the men of God. Men of God. Hear you, woman of God. Huh? Because maybe she couldn't talk to him because he was so hard-hearted about Esau. You got to be able to hear her. All right. And it's not that you're going to do every single thing that she's going to say, but if you hear her, maybe, just maybe, God could be speaking through her, and now you done got a word from the Most High God. That's why he put us together. Two is better than one. You see? Because I'm going to tell you right now, sometimes I'm in a situation where I can't hear. Because of, hallelujah, preconceived notions and, and, and me wanting something to, to end up a certain way when I'm in-driven. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes I can't hear in certain situations. But in those situations, God put us a help meet for us. Anybody hear me up in here? Put a woman on a guy of God right on the side of you that can hear when you can't hear. Can, he, can see when you can't see can feel the presence of God when you can't feel it. It's, it's when you're in your worst situation. Anybody hear me up in here? Yeah, you got the plate of food right on the side of you. Huh? And that piece of deer telling you, bless Esau. The woman of God come in, she ain't concerned about that stew meat. She ain't concerned about the okra that's on the table. She come in that dust said the Lord, that's not the blessed one of the Lord. All right? Woman of God, know your power with your man of God. Know your authority with your man of God. Your joint heirs in Christ with him. If he's the king of the castle, you're the queen of the man. You understand what I'm saying? 
Hey, God. And you got to learn how to operate with that power. Operate, hey, God. And a lot of women of God don't operate right with that authority. Come on, let me help you learn how to be a queen tonight. Let me, let me teach you how to be a queen, all right? Your word has power if you know how to use it on your man of God. First thing I got to tell you is this, all right? Yeah, you go in and talk to Isaac, all right? But don't talk him to death. Did I just say that? Yeah, 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 yeah. You see, let me tell you something about your husband. All right, we built different than women. Huh? Huh? You see, you see, you want an unlimited talk plan, but, but your husband, he's still on a pay plan. He, he's still on a play plan. So what that means is when you talk to him, you only got a certain number of minutes. Anybody hear me up in here? I'm trying, I'm trying. So, so, so you got to make sure that what you bring to him, that it's a word in due season. That it's a right now word. It's a rhema word. Don't bring me revelation from 2025. We can't worry about that right now. Sufficient for the day is evil enough. We got to worry about what's going on today. See, woman of God, you coming in there about everything. You won't let him have it. You won't tell him about the dog, the kids, the house. The... Hold on now. Not all at one time. Sometimes, woman of God, you can be less of a queen and more of a continual dripping if you don't watch yourself. Woo! Come on, somebody. Woman of God, know your authority, know the power of your word, but make your words count. Not every word is for every time. Bible said a word in what? In due season. Are your words in season, woman of God? And so we find our women of God talking when they're not supposed to be and being quiet when they're supposed to be talking. Can we get it right tonight? We find the man of God, hallelujah, listening when he's not supposed to be listening and closing his ears when it's a word from the Most High God. Can we get it right tonight? It's because of this dysfunctional situation whereby we find ourselves Isaac is about to make the greatest mistake and it's only a wrong act that can help him. You see? So Isaac and, and Rebecca find themselves there and, and Jacob, hallelujah, Jacob gets with his mama because he talked with his mama all the time. And, and, and Rebecca told him, she said, listen, just follow everything that I'm going to tell you to do. All right? And she says, listen, I know he going to cook, Agon, and you could cook too, Agon. But y'all can only cook because mama done taught y'all how to cook. You understand what I'm saying? I know he like Esau venison, but I'm the one who showed Esau how to smother that venison. Go ahead, give me two goats from the, from, from, from the stalls over here. And I can see Jacob saying, I thought he wanted deer, not goat. Baby, I'm going to smother that goat so good he ain't going to know what he's eating. That thing, that meat going to fall off the bone. He ain't going to know if it's goat, chicken, beef. Oh dear, <laughs> y'all know how mama do it. Mama got the magic, you hear me? All right, I'm talking about something I know. You see what I'm saying? Hallelujah, eat something good today from Chantel up in there, you know what I'm saying? So Rebecca said, I'm going to cook it, I'm going to smother it. Huh? And, 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 and Jacob, if you remember the story, Jacob like, ah, he going to know it's me. You know? My brother is a, is a hairy man. Listen, you know, mama not only know how to cook, she know how to put things together. 
the goat that we cook, we're going to take the goat skin from the goat we cook. We're going to put this goat skin on the back of your neck, on your hand. Mama, make it work, baby. Mama know how to recycle. Somebody say recycle. Oh, yeah. Mama got the leftover anointing. Ain't nothing going away. We're going to take the goat hair, put it on the, the smooth of your neck. We're going to put it on your hands, and he ain't going to know the difference between you and Esau. A side note, Esau must have been a hairy brother. Huh? <laughs> Woo! Let's keep rolling, bear. Come on, we can't get caught up. All right? Here we go. And so she dressed him in Esau's clothes, put the goatskin on his hands and his neck, and sent him in there to get his blessing. Wrong thing to do, but it was the right motive. And in 18, and we know that because who the blessing had belonged to? From birth, God said, the elder shall serve the younger. It was, it was Jacob's. Look at 18. And he came unto his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, who art thou, my son? And Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn. I have done according as thou badest me. Arise, I pray thee, sit and eat of my venison. There's nothing but lies up in here. You're not Esau. This is not venison, and it ain't yours. Sit and eat of my venison that thy soul may bless me. Where the blessing come from? And Isaac said unto his son, how is it that thou hast found it so quickly? You just left out of here hunting. Did you find it in the front yard? <laughs> and watch this. And he said, because the Lord thy God brought it to me. Now, don't put God in your lie, Jacob. Woo, Jacob, you got a lot to learn, baby. Woo, don't judge Jacob. Don't judge Jacob. You know what I'm saying? I have in my nose, come on, Jacob. You see what I'm saying? Oh, what a tangle where we weave when first we practice to deceive. So Isaac feels Jacob in the story. He smells his clothes. He says it's a weird thing. It's the voice of Jacob, but it's the hands of Esau. You know? And in 27, and he came near and kissed him. You know, one of those daddy on the cheek kisses. And he smelled the smell of his raiment and blessed him. And said, see, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field which the Lord had blessed. Now watch this firstborn blessing that he's about to give him. And that's why I say that the birthright is connected to that firstborn blessing. This belonged to Jacob, and it did not belong to Esau. Watch this blessing. Therefore, God give thee, watch this, the dew of heaven, and the fatness of the earth, and plenty of corn and wine. Listen, the heaven's going to bless you, and the earth is going to bless you too. Huh? He blessed him with abundance, plenty of corn and wine. And this blessing follows our people to this day. Wherever we live is going to be blessed. You anybody hear me up in here? That's what it is. Huh? Watch this blessing, this firstborn. He said, let people serve thee. And nations bow down to thee. Be Lord, look at this, over thy brethren, and let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. 
Cursed be everyone that cursed thee, and blessed be he that blessed thee. Come on, give God some glory for that blessing. All right? He thought he was putting that on Esau. You know? That was Jacob's blessing. You see? You see? Let's move on to point B. Y'all still up out there? All right? This next part of the verse is, when, we would when he would have inherited the blessing. All right? It comes from verse 17. For ye know that afterward, we talked about that, when he would have inherited a blessing, he was rejected. All right? As we talk about the story, looking back in Genesis, you see, Jacob gets the blessing. Come in there with goat skin on him and everything else. He gets the blessing. And as soon as he walks out, I mean, I'm talking about the curtain is not even closed. His leg is coming out. Guess who walked in the other door? Esau. It was too close for comfort. You see? That's what the Bible teaches us. Esau walked in, and he brought the venison and everything, and he told his daddy, rise up and eat so you can bless me. Isaac said, who are you? Huh? Esau said, now that's weird. You just told me to leave and go get... It's Esau, your eldest son. Look what happened in 33. And Isaac trembled exceedingly and said, Who? Where is he that had taken venison and brought it to me? And I have eaten of all before thou came. He confused. He still think it's dear me. That was gold, bro. In the original Greek, all right, the new translations pick up something very, very, very subtle but important. When we look at it in the NIV, look what it says, 1217. Afterward, as you know, when he wanted to inherit this blessing. Okay? NLT says this, you know that afterward, talking about Esau, when he wanted his father's blessing. All right? ESV says this, for you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, all right? What you picking up, Pastor? You see, he had changed his mind about the double portion. And he had changed his mind about the spiritual mantle. Esau changed his mind about the blessing. He desired and wanted the blessing, but he had not changed his mind about God. Did you catch that? He, everything was he desired, he wanted. But what did he want? The blessing. You see, he wanted the blessing, but not the blessor. You could catch that if you look close at the original and at these new translations. All he wanted was the blessing. Oh, bless me, Father. Oh, bless me. He still didn't want God, though. He was in the same place spiritually. He would not go to Shem or Eba. He didn't want the word of God, didn't want the things of God, didn't want to pray to God. All he wanted was the blessings of God. You see? One commentator said Esau had it all twisted, y'all. He had it all twisted. But the author of Hebrews, our book we studied, had already told us God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, not those who diligently seek a blessing. 
Ooh. All he wanted was the blessing and not the God of the blessing. So he was rejected. And listen, I like blessings too. How many people love when God bless you? Ooh, I get excited when I sneeze and people say, God bless. I be like, ooh, I receive it. Ooh, you understand what I'm saying? And let me tell you, I sneeze in fives too. I be, I be wanting them to say God bless you for every one of them. I holler, baby, you heard me? <laughs> Speak it on me, baby. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I love a blessing. God bless you. And God bless you. And God bless you. I love a blessing. All right? But we must be very careful, y'all. Not to love the blessing too much. Not to be all about the blessing too much. And forget about the blessor. Ooh! That's the ways of Esau. And I'm telling you, in here, we, 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 on a, we on a trajectory of blessing as a church. That is the spirit of this house. All right? And if you're in this house, you're going to get the spirit of this house. It's a spirit of excellence. It's a spirit of blessing. It's a spirit of going from one level to the next. It's the spirit of the house. And whatever house you're in, whatever teaching you under, whatever pastoral family you're under, you're going to get the spirit of that house. Anybody hear me up in here? Hey, God. That's why we have none but entrepreneurs up in here and business starters up in here and people that have employees up in here and visionaries up in here. Whatever house you win, you're going to get the spirit of that house. And you on a trajectory. you going up and you will be blessed. But let me warn you, be careful. Be careful. Don't ever forget God. You understand what I'm saying? That's why he would always tell Israel before they get in the promise. Now he tell them, remember now, it is I, the Lord, that giveth thee the power to get well. Don't forget. Don't forget. You forget, and I'll get all away from you again. I'll put you back in the shotgun house. I'll put you back in the hood. I'll put you back in the projects, because when you was in the projects, you was praying, you was fasting, you was seeking me, you was waking up early for me. Don't you dare get in a two-story. Don't you dare be driving a Bentley. Don't you dare be in a Benz, and that Benz is not stained with prayer. I'll take it from you. I'll take it from you. I'd rather you have me than these things because I'm more important than these things. Anybody hear me up in here? He's a reward of those that diligently seek him. You see what I'm saying? And God will put certain things in the Christian life to make sure we don't get caught up on the blessing. He put little safety valves in Christianity, certain things in our walk to make sure we don't get caught up in the raises and the bonuses and the promotions and all the fanfare and accolades when people see us. He put things in our walk, all right? And quickly, a couple of those things, Aegon. Number one, the tithe. The tithe is a safety valve. A lot of people don't believe in the tithe. Oh, I believe in the tithe. Yeah. Pastor, why is the tithe the safety valve? Because God's going to bless you with all kind of money all kind of income, all kind of increase. And on Sunday, he's going to be able to tell if you love that which he gave you, 
more than the one who gave it to you. Ooh, he's going to be able to tell. Because if you love more, you see, a man can't serve two masters. And if you love the money more and God tell you, give me a certain tithe, give me a certain offering, and you look at God and you say, mine. You like the dog that growled when the master put his hand by the plate of food that he done gave the dog. Don't ever bite the hand that feeds you. You hear me up in him? So a lot of folk don't believe in the tithe, don't see the wisdom of God in the tithe. When we come and we put that in the basket, and some of y'all cash app, even before, y'all get paid five. Some of y'all, hey, God, y'all cut the y'all, they put it on y'all, y'all cash apping already. You know what I'm saying? Why? What does that show? That shows God. That God, I love you more than these little paper trinkets. I love you more than that. And I'm going to give you what you ask me because you mean more than me. Than, than, than $2 on a 20. You mean more to me than $10 on a 100. You mean more to me than $100 on a 1,000. God, whatever it is, I'm going to give you yours because you first in my life. Come on, give y'all some glory up in the place. So the tithe is a safety valve. And so if you're not tithing, it kind of shows something. It kind of shows that you're your affections might be a little too raised in the area of finances. You got to get that in check. Don't have a heart like Esau where you just want the blessing. You see? It's not just the tithe, eh, God, but, but another check God will put in our lives to check and see if we love him more than blessings, eh, God, is good times and bad times, all right? The ebbs and flows of life, all right? Just like, just like, the seasons, we go through different seasons in our lives. It's not always spring. And even if you bless, guess what? Bad things happen to bless people. Accidents happen. Fires happen. Floods happen. And God will allow those things to happen to his people. And so houses are flood. Buildings are burned. Huh? And God want to see if you're going to get mad at him, if you're going to be like Job's wife that say, curse God and die. Job looked at his wife and said, woman, you crazy? The Lord give it and the Lord take it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. As long as I've got God, I don't need nobody else. So these good times and bad times happen. Listen, check yourself. If you're in a low season, if some things done just happen to you, are you mad at God? Huh? Did you, are you upset at God? God, how could you let this happen? I just bought this car and I wrecked it. Don't you ever get mad at God over some stuff. He the one gave you it in the first place. And he, if he gave it to you once, he can give it to you again. Let it go. You know the end of Job's story. He gave him seven times what was taken away. You see? Pastor, quickly, come on, don't, don't. Don't leave us with a half a lesson. Huh? Sometimes he'll give you an Isaac test to see if you love the blessing more than the blessor. Pastor, what you're saying, he's going to tell you, put it on the altar. Oh! And it's going to be something that you prayed for, you fasted for, you waited for, you cried for, you wiped your nose because snot was coming out of it for. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, it's something you really wanted. And God going to put you in an Isaac test situation. 
And he's going to say, now look, he's leaving you. What you got now? You got to look up and you got to say, God, to you belong all the glory. To you belong all my affection. I love thee with all my heart, mind, and strength. I sacrifice anything for you. And I'm not telling you something I heard. I'm telling you something I know. You see, some years ago, God asked me to sacrifice something on the altar. And it was something that I prayed for, I fasted for. It was something that I thought was my golden ticket to get me out of the situation that I was raised in. And that was my law career. That was the, that was the, that was the, the, the uh, eight, nine years that I'd, I had invested into my future, all the studying and everything else. We opened Philadelphia, and Philadelphia was in a season when it needed me, and we had just moved here. And God said, listen, I'm going to need you to put this thing down. I was like, God, is that you? I said, God, ain't no way I'm putting this down. This church can't afford me. In fact, when it get tight, I'm the one paying the light bill of the church. How in the world you want me to put it down? I can't put it down for me. I can't put it down for the church. How am I going to put this down? And I had a choice to make. I had a good career at the DA's office. I wasn't even downtown. They gave me my own little spot here in the Clifton Chenier Center running the drug track, the narcotics track. Running drug court programs. Doing my thing. The next DA coming in telling me, listen, you think this is something? I'm going to make you my first assistant when I come in. Boy, you got a future. And right when they telling me that first lady I'm lying, right when they telling me that God tell me, put it down. And you know when God tell you something, boy, you say, that ain't God. <laughs> I must have ate too much pizza. <laughs> boy, them jalapenos something else. But you know you could deny it and you can fight it and he telling you bring Isaac to this mountain. I had to set that thing on the altar. And the beautiful thing about God is, is that sometimes he just want to see. Because <laughs> just like the story with Isaac, I set that law career on that altar, but there was a ram in the bush. Anybody hear me up in here? Hey! And a few years later, I was able to pick that baby back up. You know what I'm saying? And have that career once again. And have it right back when the church needed to do things, hey God, hey God, have it right back. You see? To God be the glory. Come on, y'all. Hey! To test and see if you love the blessing more than the blessing, he gonna see if you're tired. He gonna put you through some good times and bad times, see if you still love him. And he gonna allow an Isaac test every now and then in your life. And that's just to make sure you never become an Esau. Come on, give y'all some glory in this house. <laughs> Hallelujah. I got two minutes and I'm going to wrap up right here. Let's talk about this last point with tears. In verse 17, it says, For you know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, when he desired the blessing, wanted the blessing above everything, he was rejected. For he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. And so I have in my notes, yes, Esau was rejected. He didn't get the blessing. He wanted more than God. He got another blessing, but it wasn't the firstborn blessing. It wasn't Jacob's blessing. He got the blessing that, that belonged to him, all right? Uh, 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 and Esau wept. And let's go to look at Genesis 39, and we're going to look at this blessing. It says, And Isaac his father answered him and said unto him, 
Behold, thy dwelling shall be the fatness of the earth. But when you look at other translations, Agon, and we're going to look at Jubilees, you know, there's some discrepancy here as far as the original languages. And uh, uh, behold, thy dwelling shall be the fatness of the earth and of the dew of the heaven from above. All right, let's see. But he tells Esau, he says, by your sword you're going to live. That's what he tells him. Brent, you got that Jubilees for me? You got that up there? First lady, did I bring my book? I did not. Goodness, is that, that's not it right on the side? I ain't got my glasses on. Oh, I didn't bring my book. Okay, Brent, you're gonna have to, we're going to have to wing it, baby. All right. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. And Isaac answered and said unto him, Behold, far, far from the dew of the earth shall be thy dwelling, and far from the dew of heaven from above. And, and this is the important part. And by thy sword wilt thou live, and thou wilt serve thy brother. And it shall come to pass when thou becomest great, huh? and thou shake his yoke from off thy neck. Now, hey, God. They got some other translations that inject between, in the book of Jubilees, it inject, and it shall come to pass when thou becomest great, and thy brother forsakes the law of the covenant. And thus, and, and, you and you're going to become a great, and you will shake his yoke from off thy neck. All right? So just, this is telling us it's a prophetic blessing. That Jacob would be get the first part of these blessings, but Esau would grow to a place where he would become great, and simultaneously, Israel, us as a people, would leave the Most High, and they would no longer have to serve the elder would no longer have to serve the younger, huh? But things would flip. But then the Book of Jubilees says this: Esau, thou shalt send a complete sin unto death. And thy seed shall be rooted out from under heaven. And that's the end of the matter. That, that's the point we ain't got to yet. You know what I'm saying? And so, hallelujah, uh, uh, this is the blessing that Isaac put upon Esau. I, I, if I was Isaac, I'd have been mad. I mean, Esau, I'd have been mad. There ain't no blessing. I thought I asked you to bless me. You say my people going to be rooted out. You know what I'm saying? Huh? Okay, okay, okay. Come on, one more minute, John. You said two, Pat. Two more minutes, then. Listen. After that blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it with tears. This phrase, commentators and theologians are confused on. They say that they're so scared to deal with it because of systematic theology. They're saying, God would never turn somebody away who repented. So they, they play tricks with this text, and they say it was actually Isaac this text was talking about, that Isaac couldn't change his mind. That's not. We're talking about Esau right here. We've been talking about Esau the whole verse. You see? The best way to look at this is to see that Esau's repentance wasn't a real repentance. That's the best way to look. See, he found no place of repentance. Meaning that the place 
of repentance, think about it like as a circle in his heart that God is trying to bring him to, to save him, to change him. He could not find that place. He couldn't find the place of repentance. He couldn't get there. All right? And Pastor, what you talking about? Well, repentance involves two elements. All right? We turn from our sin and we turn to God. None of those elements was present in Esau's life. He found, he didn't find the place of repentance. He didn't turn from his sin. We never hear him saying, God, I'm sorry for selling my birthright. We never hear him saying, God, I repent for marrying worldly women. We never hear him say, God, I repent for not going to the house of Shem uh, to get the instruction of the Lord. There's no repentance there. There's no turning from sin. But not only that, we never see Esau turning to God. We never hear him saying, God, I just want you. God, I'm here to worship. God, I'm here to praise you. God, I'm ready now. I'm sorry. I'm seeking you like the deer pants for the water brooks so that my soul thirsts after thee, oh God. We never hear Esau saying that. Both elements of turning from sin and turning to God are not present in his life. Therefore, Esau could not, did not find the place of repentance. Anybody hear me up in here? Couldn't find it. His heart was too hard with unbelief. His heart was too hard with sin. The Bible says, though he sought it with tears, you got to be careful of them crocodile tears. Because sometimes you can cry, not for your sin, but for the result of your sin. You can cry because you got caught. You can cry because you didn't get the blessing. But you ain't crying because of the guilt. You ain't crying because of the shame. You ain't crying because you let God down, your family down, your children down. You ain't crying for the sin. You're crying because of the result of your sin. And God tells us there's a godly sorrow and there's a worldly sorrow. And the godly sorrow is the one that brings us to that place. It leads us to repentance. That wasn't a godly sorrow. And we could see he hadn't changed. If those of us that know the story, <clears throat> as soon as Isaac was finished blessing him, what was in his heart is, y'all know what he said? I'm going to kill Jacob. Boy, you ain't, you ain't repenting. You ain't saved. What's wrong with you? Get back in there and let them put their hand on you again. Who shot Tupac? I should have bought a Honda. Let Isaac touch you again. Where's my Kawasaki? What's happening? You know what I'm saying? So, so Esau, Esau didn't find it. Last thing. One moment. Last thing. I'm going to close my Bible. I'm closing my Bible. Musicians, y'all come on. My brother, come help me. Listen. The thing about Esau is this. Esau wanted the best of both worlds. We got a saying in Louisiana, and they say it other places too, I hear. It don't make too much sense to me, but I'm going to say it. He wanted his cake and eat it too. Now, what that mean, I have no idea. But he wanted the best of both worlds. He, he, he wanted to still live in sin, but he wanted the blessing of the Lord. 
Esau was playing the fence, man. And some of us can play the fence as well. We want to still get drunk with that alcohol, but we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We want to still run the women and run the men. We still want to lay around and have children everywhere, but we, we, we want to have the prosperity that God blessed us with, want to bless us with. We want both worlds. And I'm telling you here that you can't have both worlds tonight. You got to choose. You got to choose. You got to choose this day whom you going to serve. You see, do not ride the fence. Do not be lukewarm. Like Jesus told the churches, I wish that you was hot or cold. Be in the world of sin or be in the church, but don't you dare come here and try to play both. Because God knows the difference. God knows the difference between Jacob's and he knows the difference between Esau's. God forbid you be an Esau in this place tonight. Tonight we draw the line in the sand. See? I stand here like Elijah on Mount Carmel. If Baal be Baal, then serve him. But if God be God, then serve him. How long will you halt between two opinions and listen to me if you can hear my voice and it's resonating with your heart you already know what decision you got to make tonight so in a second we're going to pray and we're going to go back to that old rugged cross that old gospel that we always preach every night on Tuesdays and every Sunday mornings we're going to go to our God and we're going to admit that we sinners we're going to believe and we're going to confess. And some in here are going to get saved for the first time, but others in here, you're going to rededicate your life. Because you know that God was talking to you tonight. Time to draw the line in the sand. We got some in here before I go, hey God, you, you're just here for the blessing. Just here for the blessing. And that's not going to work. Though I preach prosperity, this is not a prosperity gospel church. This is a church of the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I only preach the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help us God. Hallelujah. So you will catch me preaching that God delights in the prosperity of his service because it's in the book. But don't you think that it's somehow a money gospel church? In fact, that statement alone is false. There is no money gospel. The only gospel they have is the gospel of the cross. Anybody hear me up in here? So we're going to pray tonight. We're going to get some things right tonight. And you're going to leave here changed tonight. Changed. Let us pray. Say, Almighty God, thank you for loving me. 
I admit I've sinned. But I thank you for the cross. Oof. I believe in the cross. I believe you died on the cross. You were buried in the grave. And on the third day, you rose. Save me. Forgive me. I want you. I'm here to worship you. The blessing is good. But I put you first. I confess you as my Lord and Savior. I am here to worship. And now, God, touch my whole life as I seek you. Reward me and bless me. But I promise I will never put the blessings over you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, give y'all some glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May, may he keep you. May, may his face shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and bless you. Woo, be gracious unto you. May he bless you with peace in everything you do and everything you touch. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Here I am. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here I am. Come on, somebody. Thank you. Thank you. Woo. To say that, to say that, you're my God, hallelujah, thank you Lord, all together lovely, all together worthy.